0: Welcome to the Keeping It Simple podcast with Tanika Butler, the podcast that brings clarity to the Word of God by keeping things simple and shifts Christians from looking like the culture to living as disciples. Whether you've been saved your entire life or accepted Christ yesterday, this is a space for you. So get ready to be encouraged and equipped to thrive. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Keeping It Simple podcast. I am your host, Tanika Butler, and I'm glad you stopped by. If you haven't already done so, please go back and listen to the trailer for some background information about the podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to introduce you to my unofficial co-host. I mentioned in the trailer that some of the episodes would include hashtag producer Bay. And that you would find out more about him on today's episode. Well, here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce to you Producer Bay, a.k.a. my husband, Jeremy Butler.
1: Hey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeremy, go ahead and say hey to the people and tell us a little bit about yourself. What?
1: All right, all right, I'll stop. So, um, Jeremy Butler, I am a.k.a. Producer Bay. That's what we're going yeah, with. Yeah, producer bay. Hashtag, Produ- Hashtag All right. Producer bay. Oh, ha- can I get a sh- That sounds like a shirt. Sure. All right, bet. Um,
0: we already have it, folks. Don't try to take it. <laughs> it's already being printed right now in the back.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, so check this out. Tanika and I have been married for 17 years. We have a couple of amazing kids. We do life together, we do ministry together. Um, you know, over the years we have, you know, um, been very blessed, yo, like it's been, it's been really, really cool to kind of see her growth and my growth and our growth as a couple and how we kind of navigate life together. So just checking in.
0: All right, producer bae, good intro.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah.
0: All right. So (laughs) let's go ahead and get into today's episode. All when right. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to start with, what I wanted to kick this entire podcast situation off with, I went back and forth um, with a few different topics. And of course, through the back and forth and prayer, because that's what we do here, Right. I went ahead and I selected fear. And I think fear is something that at some point everybody deals with, whether it's big or whether it's just that little thing in the back of your head. I feel like everyone can relate to fear. And I feel like if we get a better understanding of fear, we can get out of its chokehold. Now that doesn't mean that we won't experience moments of fear, but what it simply means is when we experience those moments, we won't allow those moments to overtake us.
1: Right. Or paralyze us.
0: Right. So, um, I want to start off with a verse. 2 Timothy 1.7 in the English Standard Version reads, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And some translations say a sound mind or a sound judgment. So basically what that means is we don't have to live or operate from a place of fear because through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us, we have the power right. to do what we've been called to do.
1: Right, right. And and I love that, that verse. I think it's just a super dope verse that, the apostle paul is writing to timothy. You know, are we going to we just going to go ahead and jump right in? Yeah. All right, bet. Like I love the verse because he's writing to a young leader within the church. And if you know anything about apostle paul, he doesn't just use words just to use them. He's very strategic, he's very intentional. Um and as a matter of fact, this is his actually like his last um book. Before he dies, he's a prisoner in Rome and he's writing to this young leader who, 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 who is facing different types of pressures within the church and also within the culture. And he says, look, like in the last days, like I, I need you to know something. I need you to realize that God hasn't given you a spirit of fear um, but he's giving you a spirit of love, of power, and a sound mind. And this is critical because he was facing, Timothy, that is, was facing false teachers, right? Um, in chapter 2, it deals with the fact that, that Paul says, like, so right after chapter 1, which is the verse um, that my wife just read out of, chapter 2 deals with Paul saying, be a good soldier, And then he goes on to say, like, rightly divide the word of truth, like study it and then rightly divide it. Because then he flips right into chapter three and he says, um, the reason why you have to be rooted, the reason why you shouldn't fear is because there are going to be people within the church who um, will tell you all kinds of stuff that sounds good, but it's false. And then after chapter three, he deals with chapter four. And he says, again, the reason why you shouldn't fear is because you need to be able to preach the word in season and out of season when they want to hear it, when they don't want to hear it, when they love it, when they hate it. And like, when you're up against those type of odds, like you would want to be encouraged. And the truth of the matter is, Sometimes we need that encouragement because if, if we don't, to my wife's point, to Tanika's point, we'll be paralyzed. Right. We won't move. And um, I, I think that verse that you read, babe, was like, it was spot on.
0: Well, thank you for the context because I'm I pretty try. sure that we have some Timothys listening. Right. I mean, we're going to bring up some other people, but I think just for that context, somebody is listening right now and they're like, that's it. Like, that's, that's what I've been feeling. That's right. what I've been going through. That's what I've been needing to hear. So, shout out to you producer, baby. Yo, yeah, I'm buddy. out here. All right, <laughs> so what I want to do real quick before we go any further is just give a definition of fear. So, what is fear? So, fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, or et cetera. What? Can you say that again?
1: Can you say that again? <laughs>
0: Fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, or et cetera. Whether the threat is real or imagined, the feeling or condition of being afraid. And I want to put an emphasis on that portion of the definition that says whether the threat is real or imagined. Because many of our fears aren't even a result of a real life situation. Right. Sometimes it's a matter of we're watching the wrong stuff on television We went to the movies to see this, and there is a one in eight billion chance of this happening to us.
1: That's why I don't watch scary movies.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's why I had to stop watching (laughs) certain shows. I'm not going to name any names right now, but yeah, had to stop watching certain shows because I walked down the street. Hey, quick, funny story. Y'all, I rolled my whole ankle one time coming out of the grocery store parking lot because I was convinced... That somebody was chasing me.
1: That was a nice bill, too, by the way.
0: (laughs) And nobody was there. See, the threat was real to me, but it was an imagined fear. Like, there was nothing happening. There was nobody there but the Lord watching. Like, nobody was after me. But anyway.
1: Were you moving real fast through the parking lot? (laughs)
0: I was Usain Bolt in that parking lot. But anyway, all right, so whether the threat is real or imagined, even if it's something we've created in our mind, like my parking lot experience. But what we have to remember is we don't have to be slaves to those thoughts because we've been given a spirit of self-control. We've been given a sound mind. We have sound judgment. Right. Right. So, the way I like to illustrate fear is I like to put fear into two categories. We have normal fear and we have irrational fear. And I want to use bees to illustrate the difference because, yeah, we all can relate. I to can bees. use that sound effect. Yeah, that's fine. All right, bet. All right. So a normal fear regarding bees. You're afraid of bees. So when you're outside, you're very aware of your surroundings. So you do everything that you can to lessen the probability of coming in contact with and possibly being stung by a bee. Right. A normal response to that human emotion of being afraid of bees. That's a normal fear. Now, an irrational response would be you're afraid of bees. And since you live outside, you stay inside or since bees live outside, you stay inside because if you go outside A bee may find you, sting you, and kill you. That's the irrational fear. We have the same bee, but we have two different levels of fear. But how do we get to that point? How do we get to, how do we go from something being normal to something being irrational? And what I've discovered is many times our fears are fueled by traumatic events that we've experienced or traumatic events. That others have experienced so as a result of ABC happening then XYZ is going to happen so as a result of ABC happening to them XYZ is going to happen to me as a result of me seeing ABC happen then XYZ is definitely going to happen I think remember irrational imma- uh, imagine not a real threat I think ABC is going to happen so as a result XYZ is definitely going to happen. Bruh. And, and what, will, <laughs> what will happen is if we don't walk through right. or work through that trauma is fear will begin to paralyze us. Like you said earlier, it, it will overtake us to the point where we can't even function. And I use the word we because fear is an emotion that I have to constantly keep in check.
1: Yeah, I like what you said, right? Like you, you said you have to constantly keep it in check, meaning... There are moments and seasons in life where you have to not let your guard down. You have to keep fighting. I think sometimes we we think we get to a place in God or a place in our lives or a place in our work or a place with our kids to where, you know, we become relaxed, we become real chill, we become real common. And, um, and we don't we, we think we don't have to fight as hard. We think that the fear that you dealt with 10 or 15, 20 years ago won't come back to bite you or won't come back to fight you. And if we're not prepared, that that same fear that you may have dealt with or refused to deal with 5 or 10 or 15, 20 years ago or months ago or weeks ago will come back to bite you. Yeah. So that I, I love what you said. I thought – you know, like oh, that's a that's a good place to park there because, again, if we don't deal with the fear, it's not going anywhere, and as a matter of fact, it's probably going to grow bigger. Right. So, appreciate that. Yep.
0: And I, I think it's important. Let, let's just pause to point out that we are not therapists, we are nope. not counselors. So, because of that. Neither one of us are sitting here to fully dissect where your fears may stem from or how your trauma came about. But what we are equipped to do as preachers, because Producer Bay is also Preacher Bay,
1: hey.
0: what, we all, <laughs> what we are equipped to do is address fear from a biblical standpoint.
1: Right. Hold on. Did you call me Preacher Bay?
0: Preacher Bay! I mean, I'm, uh, they, they coming off the dome. Like I, okay. Yeah, I just, All right. up. I'm just Okay. That's a shirt, too.
1: Okay. That one? Okay. All right. Oh, the Preacher Bay.
0: Preacher Bay. Okay,
1: I was totally off base. No, I got you. Pre-
0: hashtag Preacher Bay. I got
1: it. I was doing my Denzel.
0: Don't try to steal it. It's already being printed in the back. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Oh, so. my gosh. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> All right, so fear. Do y'all realize how many times fear is mentioned in the Bible? Like fear is mentioned over 365 times in the Bible. That's literally every, uh, uh, the word is mentioned for a day of the, uh, every day of the year basically, like over 365 times in the Bible. So it's safe To assume that you're not the first person, nor will you be the last person to struggle with fear. I think sometimes as Christians, we kind of isolate ourselves because we're like, I shouldn't deal with this like the way I'm dealing with it. Like the the Bible says God is not giving me a spirit of fear and I should just operate in faith and what's wrong with me. The reality is it's a it's a human emotion. So. Fear is not the problem, so to say. It's how you handle that fear. Fear is going to come up because it is a human emotion. So instead of feeling like I'm the only person dealing with this or what's wrong with me, move past that mindset to, okay, I have this emotion. God has given me this blueprint in my Bible To figure out right. how to work through this, whether it's scripture, whether it's prayer, whether it's therapy, we are proponents, we, we believe in therapy over here, but you have the keys to not live defeated.
1: Right. And so the reason why I did that how do you get is because that's what fear does to us sometimes. It it beats us up. And to your point, many of us think that it's only me by myself only I can do this (laughs) right only I'm the only one going through this and it's a lie right right it's other believers and other people who have similar stories and sometimes the stories aren't similar at all we all go through very similar circumstances and we all have to fight fear right so that it won't take hold of our heart so that it won't beat us up like you know something off a Street Fighter.
0: Right. Is that finish him or is that Mortal Kombat?
1: That was Mortal Kombat. Oh. My gosh! <laughs> Yikes. I'm following you. Like you I got following me?
0: Say. I mean, it's still a fight. A fight is a fight. <laughs>
1: That's how I felt about that, though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you mentioned not being, well, we both mentioned not being the only one, and there are people out there that right. experience fear. And so what I want to do, we all know that, yeah, our neighbor gets afraid sometimes. And, but the point of this episode is how can we live a victorious life and not be paralyzed by fear? And so my default is always to go back to the Bible. My right. default is always to look at biblical examples of people who experienced what I'm going through. And so I wanted to just highlight a few people that were afraid. I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. Right. They were afraid. And so the first person that we typically don't look at, we we typically find a book of a, a book of the Bible and we use that person as the main character and we like to preach and teach from that Main person, a lot of the times, right? And so, I think it we do ourselves a disservice if we don't look at the supporting cast, as I like to call them. And so, in the book of Esther, we find Mordecai, and Mordecai is the person that I want to. So we all know that Esther was afraid. Um, if you haven't read the story, it Esther is my favorite book of the Bible, it has so many different themes, so many different elements, and then there is nothing truer than. Haman, hey as much as I do not like him, saying that he wanted to lay hands like that <laughs> is so like verbatim, y'all. It literally said. But do you think he could lay fight? hands?
1: You think he really had hands? I don't
0: think so. I think he was a lot of talk. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, it is what it is. But anyway, back to the point. So Mordecai was Esther's cousin, and I'm gonna work backwards because in Esther 4:1. We come to a place in the text where it says Mordecai tore his clothes, went into the middle of the city, and cried loudly and bitterly when he learned of Haman's plan to kill the Jews. Now, what I don't have time to do is go through the entire book of Esther, but what I can do is give you a quick synopsis of how we got to this point, how Mordecai even got to this point. So Mordecai was Esther's cousin, and... The thing is, he was a Jew. Haman was not a fan of Jews. And he was not particularly fond of Mordecai because Mordecai would not bow to him. Now, this wouldn't have been an issue if Haman was just some random off the street. The issue came in because Haman was a high-ranking official in the king's court. So the king valued Haman's input, the king valued Haman's opinions on various topics and various things that were going on within the province. And so Haman just had very high distaste for Mordecai. And it got to the point where he went out of his way to basically destroy this whole group of people. He he did, again, he did not like the Jews. And so because he had favor with the king, he had this way of manipulating things to get his way. Or he thought he had this way of manipulating things to get get his way. So long story short, Haman goes to the king one day and he tells the king, there is one ethnic group scattered about the peoples in every province of your kingdom keeping themselves separate. Their laws are different from everyone else's, and they do not obey the king's laws. It is not in the king's best interest, interest to tolerate them. If the king approves, let an order be drawn up authorizing the destruction. And then he goes on to say, I will pay 375 tons of silver to the officials for deposit in the royal treasury. Well, long story short, the king signs off on Haman's ridiculous plan. Letters are sent out to the officials to kill, destroy, mm-hmm. and annihilate all the Jews. Mordecai finds out what's happening. Then he proceeds to the middle of the city with torn clothes, sackcloth, and ashes, and cries loudly and bitterly. And so that's how Mordecai ends up in that state. Mordecai finds out what happens with Haman and what Haman has done. And so, I mean, I could leave you there, but what would be the point? What would be the point of me discussing all this just right. to leave us at Mordecai being afraid? Because as we say in the, the Baptist church, that's not where the hoop is. Ah. So sound effects gonna be the end of me, man. So the our 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 shout as we like to look for comes, but it comes not from Mordecai. It comes from Mordecai reaching out to Esther because Esther has been positioned in a place where she has influence. And I think it's important to realize that sometimes Well, I think it's important to realize why it's important to not isolate yourself when you are going through something, when you are afraid, because had Mordecai just went out into the street and cried by himself, what would that have accomplished? Right. Mordecai took a step back and realized, well, wait a minute, like Esther is in a position to affect change. Esther has been positioned to maybe help us through this thing. That's where we hear that famous verse for such a time as this. This this is what this is talking about. Right. So it's important to realize that if you find yourself in a fearful place, if a a threatened place and you don't know how to get out of that place, you may just need to take a step back and look around you to see if God has already positioned people around you to help you out of that thing.
1: I I I'm a I wanna hit on what you said. I'm gonna park at Timothy real quick because I think, I think Timothy had that. Just like Mordecai had that in Esther,
0: mm-hmm. had that person. Had
1: that person. That person was Apostle Paul. Think about how many times Timothy, knowing that Apostle Paul was about to die, reread that encouraging letter of, "Don't be afraid, mm-hmm. don't be afraid." And to your point with Mordecai and Esther, we do need people like that in our lives. Somebody who can who can encourage us and lift us up, somebody who will step in. And sometimes, real talk, that stepping in happens at the last minute. Mm-hmm. It happens at the very last second. Right. Just like Mordecai.
0: And that it's important to realize also that that someone may be experiencing their own level of fear. Because Hands down. with Esther, we know that She knew what needed to be done, but to do that could have cost her her life. Right. And so, I mean, if we go further into the book, it literally, there's a scripture where it says Esther was afraid because after Mordecai had to kind of check her real gently and say, don't think that just because you're in this palace, you're going to be safe because deliverance is going to come for the Jews, but it will come from another place. Right. And then who knew who knows whether or not you have been placed there for such a time as this? So I think that got Esther to thinking, like, you know what? he's he's probably right. But I cannot do this in my own strength. So right. even with Esther, Esther had to like step back and figure out, okay, Mordecai's afraid. I'm afraid. all the Jews are afraid. I'm in a position to do something about this, but I can't. Because if I just go in here all willy-nilly, Man, I'm it. dead.
1: That's it. And
0: so what did Esther have to do? Esther had to pray and fast. Like Esther decided, okay, I'm going to pray and fast. You tell everybody else to pray and fast. So then they, they engage those spiritual disciplines. And I think that's also a good thing to note when dealing with fear. Like, yes, Mordecai had another person that God had put in position, but that other person is still human. So they still are limited in what they can do. And ultimately, God is the person that had to deliver them out of that situation. And praying and fasting was something that they employed to or employed, I think is the word. Something that they utilized I see to you. to get it right. done. And so I mean, we get to, this, um, again, I told y'all because see, now I'm, I'm going too far in the Esther. Y'all need to read it because it's good stuff. But we get to the end and we find out that Haman and all his crookedness and all his uh, raggediness and triflingness sets up all this stuff for Mordecai to be killed and he ends up dying that same way that he set up for Mordecai to die. Right. And so that's, that's something else to keep in mind that God will protect you. Don't focus too much on the enemies in your life versus what God has already called you and positioned you to do. Mordecai had a job. Mordecai had a responsibility. And he kind of, outside of being afraid, and when he went out to the city, which was a normal reaction to fear, and don't beat yourself up. Like, don't, if, if you have reacted to fear, don't beat yourself up about that. Just collect yourself. And figure out, okay, how do we move past this? You're not any less of a Christian because you found yourself crying yourself to sleep. You're not any less of a Christian right. be- because you're like, I, I don't know what Yo, to do.
1: And don't And don't allow anyone to convince you that they've never faced fear. Right. I don't care what preacher. Facts. I don't care what mother in the church. I don't care where the what the person's denomination is everyone has dealt with fear absolutely everyone like because we we think we got to be super christians we think that no like the, the the fact is is that it's the lord who gives us strength it's the Lord who gets glory. It's the Lord who ultimately shields us. Like when you look at David, when he wrote the Psalms and all the things he dealt with regarding fear and how God was a shield and his buckler and how save me, O oh Lord. And my enemies have tried to devour me. Like when you look at stuff like that and I don't know, I don't know any, any modern preacher that's, that, that was doper than David. <laughs> so don't let nobody convince you. That if if King David dealt with this, surely they deal with it as well. Right.
0: Okay, so I think. Do you feel like I I did enough with? with I think you. I think okay. you.
1: You know you was cooking. Okay, chef. So did did, Curry. did, the,
0: did the did the meal is the meal <laughs> prepared or is the meal still?
1: Oh, uh, we still we still we got some more things can, can we gotta we cook up. We can move to
0: another ingredient yeah. in the recipe. Hey. Okay, so. Burp, 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 burp. No, our, I was too late. Yeah, too late. Okay. So, for our next person, I want to go ahead and examine Joshua because yeah. Joshua is another well known person that kind of dealt with that worry and anxiousness right. and all that.
1: Right. And fear. Yeah, no. So, to your point, uh, I love Joshua. I think it's something that is magnetic about. Joshua and like what he dealt with. Like his first of all, his leader died. There was a transition happening within um this community of faith, right? Um, and regardless of whatever that transition is, sometimes it can be that a leader dies. Sometimes the transition can be going into a new space or a new area or a new city or new family members. You know, it can be really kind of like the unknown, but there's a transition that kind of happens. And this transition is happening in Joshua's life. And, you know, um, I love how the book of Joshua opens up. It's, it, it's it's so crazy what God tells him. He was like, basically, Moses, my servant, is dead. <laughs> like, dang, God, like you just hit them with that. You get right. Like he dead. He gone. He's not coming back. There's a trans- transition that's happening. And I need you to get with it, and 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 here's how you can get with it. You're going to face an enemy that's an old enemy, right? That you've never faced, <laughs> right? Because prior and to that, an
0: old enemy that you never faced, like God, how
1: I that almost old pre, enemy? I was, I almost preached on that's that joint right face. there, okay, right? But they they were coming out of this wilderness type of type of mode the children of God that they had been in for 40 years. Moses was dead. Joshua was the new leader and God instructs him three times. And he tells him be strong and courageous. Right. And then that last time he says, be strong and courageous and don't look to the left and don't look to the right. And, and, And when you do what I've told you to do, and when you're obedient to that, you're going to find good success. Like that's insane to me that God would say, you're going to be up against an enemy because the promises that I have for your life will require you to face enemies. The promises that I have for your life will require you to face some stuff that you've never faced. The required, the the promises that I have for your life will require you to go into a land That has giants in it, but don't be afraid for I, the Lord, your God, am with you. Like that's encouragement. Like whenever you face any, any type of enemy, whenever you face any type of thing that, that, that has a promise attached to it. And God is saying, if you're just obedient and don't look to the, don't get distracted. Right. Oh, don't get distracted. Focus (laughs) forward. Don't look to your left. Right. Don't look to your right. Be obedient and I will give you good success. Like, that's a lot. And the reason why that's a lot is because within that whole mix and within that whole bag, it's a whole lot of transition happening. It's a whole lot of things that are shifting. It's a whole lot of things that are that, that are going down. And Joshua was a very different leader than Moses. He could have been like, I'm not like Moses, though. Moses had X, Y, Z. I don't have that. But he wasn't called to be like that. He wasn't called to be like that because in that season, God needed a general.
0: And I think it's important to note here, we sometimes do that. Like right? we, right. we do that. Everybody as in we, like you somebody was there before you, right, and you have to now feel shoes feel those shoes, but you really don't, you just need to step into that position. I think if we if we do away with i gotta feel those shoes, no, you don't need to feel those shoes, you need to keep on your shoes and step into that position and be who God designed you to be,
1: all right, David, right, um fear. Will cause you to not take hold of the promises that God has for your life. It will cause you not to take possession of the stuff that God is rightfully trying to give you because you're His child. Yeah, if you, you, if 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 Joshua would have been like, "No, I'm good. I'm not going to move because I'm afraid." Surely. God would have potentially found because He's God and He's sovereign. He would have found another way, right? For sure. I mean, He said that to what Esther. Well,
0: that's why I was gonna say, right?
1: <laughs> like He said that too. <laughs> is
0: gonna come. We, we
1: giving you
0: a chance to be that person, but if you don't want it,
1: yo, then he have he a said seat. that he said that to Elijah, and he was like, "Yo, I got seven thousand that ain't about the knee. What's happening? Like, I don't understand."
0: That's like that's like the tear
1: the club up what's happening you tripping what translation is that (laughs) it's the uh the jqb version of the bible okay (laughs) Okay. nah but but joshua is a beautiful story man because again it's a it's another story of a young leader and he's trying to figure out what god has said and god is all all the lord has said was just look be obedient don't look to your left don't look to your right um i'm gonna cause you to have good success in the midst of everything, in the midst of all this new stuff happening. Mm -hmm. So
0: I think just like we pointed out out with Mordecai and Esther, Joshua was the same way. Like they didn't suppress their feelings. Right. Like they were afraid. Like they were not crying out at the altar saying, I'm not afraid. 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 afraid." Like it was going to go away. Like it does not just go away. Like if you are, Fearful about something, you have to confront that fear like it's it's just not going to disappear
1: right you got to be honest with it as well right or you can't act like it doesn't exist
0: right like you you have to recognize it and that 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 takes us to that how to be victorious over fear right like and in order to be victorious over fear the number one thing that we have to do is recognize it like be honest about it. Sit in the fact that I'm uneasy about this. Right. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know if I'm capable of doing this. I don't know how to get through this. I don't know how to move past this. I don't know how to survive this. These are all normal reactions. And I think we've been so accustomed to people saying, well, the opposite of faith is fear the opposite and if you right. if you fear and you're not operating in 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 faith the, the reality is it is an emotion, so just because I am honest enough to admit I am afraid regarding this thing does not mean that I don't trust God to get me through right. this thing. it means that I found a blind spot and i need some help seeing the bigger picture right like i i need some help maybe walking through this thing
1: it goes back to that super christian concept you know like yeah god saves us and as a result of him saving us we are now invulnerable to fear did i say that right is that invulnerable is that the word vulnerable vulnerable, vulnerable. yeah she's an like a, a English educator macheter person. Don't don't add. Don't add extra. I can't do that. Don't add extra stuff. Okay, I won't try that. Me Keep trying it. to be all deep and educated. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but take that, you got that. I can't. I can't no more. I can't. I'm stuck. No. <laughs> Well, my my soul got sucked is, out of me right? when you said, Nah, boy, that is not the word. <laughs>
0: anyhow, so, and then I say, anyhow, any any who,
1: <laughs> any be, at, at
0: any rate, there we go. Moving on, moving on. Hi, um, I got it.
1: Uh huh. You said, um, we got to recognize it, yeah. And our, our pastor says something that that's really profound and dope and simple, right? He says, Um, and he we, we go through this in our discipleship class um, at our church. If I can't be honest with myself, I can't be honest with God. All right. If God already knows that you're afraid and that you have this fear, you can't hide that from him and you can't act like it doesn't exist. If the God of the universe already knows it exists and he's sovereign that means he he's also able to give you the strength to overcome it. He's also able to. The Holy Spirit is able to walk along, not only not only rise up from within you, but also walk alongside you to aid you and to give you strength. Right, it, it's, it's a it's a passage of scripture in um, in Corinthians that talks about when we're weak, he's strong. Right. Right, like, and and when we have these moments when we're facing fear, it's not for us to de- deny that the fear is not real. It's for us to lean into God and lean into His Word and His promises as it relates to whatever we're facing. Did I almost kind of redeem myself yeah, with that? Yeah. No, I said yeah. Okay, <laughs> I said yeah. All right, but
0: um, so going along with what you said and that point of we have to recognize it, we also can't let it dictate our actions. Right. And so sometimes we can recognize it and we can just be like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm out. This is not something that I can deal with. Versus, and I'm sure by now we've all heard the popular phrase, do it afraid." Right, And I think that's the approach that we have to just take the stuff sometimes. Yes, I'm afraid. Again, going back to our definition, whether the threat is real or imagined, but I'm going to do it afraid. Because if not, you'll find yourself in that cycle of fear and and will be paralyzed. I remember um, some years back, and you remember as well, um, when I got into the fender bender. So I got I got rear-ended, and then three days later, I got rear-ended again.
1: Oh, yeah, and I remember that.
0: I I just, what ended up happening? So the, after the first time, I was like, dang, this is terrible. It was a new car. I was mad about that, and I was like, well, dang, like, I was, the other person – that didn't even stop was at fault and nobody took responsibility. It was just a big mess. And then a few days later, literally like three days later, I'm sitting at the, the stoplight, minding my good business, and <laughs> I get rear-ended again. And I'm like, okay. And I think at that point, it, and I've been in accidents before, and so I think it was just like, the recipe for a perfect storm. Right. Because what ends up happening was fear at that point was like, it, it was like the bee. It literally is like the irrational right. fear of the bee.
1: It went from, from here.
0: It went from like, okay, maybe I'll get rear ended, but it'll be okay. That would have been like kind of normal response to that. But my response was that to that was, yeah, I'm done. Like, I, this is how I'm going to die. Like, this is really like, God is showing me that you're about to die by getting rear ended. And that was literally an irrational fear that I let take root, because it got so bad that I was afraid to drive like I could not. I mean, our daughter needed to be picked up from school one day. And I was afraid to get in the car and make the commute because I was paralyzed by fear. Like, I literally was in the corner in tears crying. And it took me calling my friend and being like, girl, like, I'm afraid. Like, I, but I had to go get her because nobody else could go get her. Like, you were at work doing what you were supposed to be doing. And it was my responsibility to do it. And I think another thing fear can do is keep us from fulfilling our responsibilities. Like this is something that you have to do that you've been given the responsibility to do, but you're afraid. Like I, and, I, and it got to the point where Jesus. I was paralyzed by fear. Like I, and I like how you said when Joshua it was like, don't look to the left, don't look to the right. And when I, when I said focus forward, because that had to become my theme when I was driving. Because what ended up happening was I found myself getting so consumed with what was going on to the left, what was going on to the right, looking in my rearview mirror. Is somebody gaining up on me too close? Is somebody inching too close to me? Is somebody about to hit me? Do I need to scoot up a little bit? And my focus was everywhere but forward. And everybody in here that has been driving for at least a day right. knows that you have to focus forward in order to get to your destination. But I was allowing all that stuff to like cloud what was going on to the point where I said, Tanika, if you don't focus, you are going to kill yourself. It's not gonna be somebody else is getting ready to rear end you. It's not gonna be in the hands of somebody else. Your demise is going to be at your hands because your focus and your intention is on the wrong thing. And so I think being honest with that fear and then actually speaking with a therapist on, okay, why do you, what, what, what is going on? Like right. what, what got you here? Cause remember I told y'all earlier, we're not therapists, we're not counselors. And so that's what, that's who will help you get through this, but they also will let you know that, okay, based on what you are saying, based on what you've experienced this actually is understandable why you're feeling like this, but this is not okay. Like you cannot stay like this because you're not, you're not living, you're not thriving. And so I just, I think that is, I I just wanted to point that out that it it took me focusing forward. It took scripture. Like every time I got, I, I remember that day I literally spoke scripture from the time I reversed out of the driveway to the time I pulled back in the driveway even when our daughter got in the car and was trying to tell me how school went cuz she was younger at that time right i literally was i, I was kind of like yeah mhm mhm y'all know how we do as parents but i don't, do I don't remember anything that she was talking about <laughs> Because I was praying, I was like, thank right. you, God, that you have not given me a spirit of fear, but a love, power and a sound mind. Thank you, God, that I will live and I will not die. Thank you, God. Like all those those scriptures right. that you need, like the, your word, I've hid in my heart. So like all those scriptures to get me there because I, I, I was afraid.
1: I think the beautiful thing that you pointed out is you were praying God's word. Right. And, and God is not like a man that he sh- should lie his word will perform what he set it out to do. Like, and it's a number of other things that that we can probably hit on and just stay right there, but you pray God's word over your life. And I think in that, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You were acting in faith, and I believe God honored your faith because he honors faith, mm-hmm. right? It's important that we don't make decisions based out of fear, but we make our decisions based and rooted in faith because that's what God honors. All right.
0: So anything else you want to
1: add? Man, I, I, I think I'm Gucci. Okay. You know, I I'm I'm really good. Like thank you for allowing me to like really be a part of what you believe and what we believe to be something that God is doing not only within you, but also within his people. So I appreciate it.
0: Producer Bay, thank you for joining me for this episode.
1: Absolutely. So
0: regardless of where you find yourself, it's important to realize that you don't have to operate in fear, folks. You've been given everything that you need to walk in victory. So I pray that you were blessed by today's show. Be sure to check out the show notes for a few verses on fear, free, a few victory verses on fear, and also be sure to connect with me on social media. I want to connect with y'all, um, so be sure to do that at Tanika C. Butler on all the platforms. Um, and then be blessed and make today great.